0: Let's begin today's discussion.
1: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones.
0: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to a friend of mine, Jay Feitlinger. Jay is the founder and CEO of String Can Interactive, a digital marketing agency launched in 2010 in Scottsdale where he and his team help grow businesses that focus on offering products and services that improve people's lives. Jay has actually spent over 20 years of his career focused on connecting businesses to their right audiences, and is the author of Family 2.0, Harness Business Principles to Reboot Your Family in Four Days, which I bet we're going to talk a little bit more about in this podcast, where he outlines plans to help entrepreneurs strengthen their families and strengthen their businesses. Today, we're going to talk about the biggest mistakes people make when creating their digital marketing strategy, and there are a lot of them. We'll learn what's worked from Jay's perspective, what should be avoided by most companies, and how some businesses just entirely miss the mark. Jay, welcome. So happy to have you joining me today.
1: So excited to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, for all of our audience members, just to listen, right, and understand right now, and you know, before I deep dive in and have Jay explain a little bit more about himself, Jay is starting his own podcast, or he's considering starting a podcast, and he <laughs> decided that the best way, when we were kind of talking about brainstorming of what he could do, that he should experience my podcast and all the different things that we do in order to get someone onboarded as a speaker and a guest. Um, so he's been getting to experience that, and and we'll find out later on what he thinks about that, but. <laughs> To start off, can you share with our listeners a little bit more about what got you to where you are today, where your life revolves around digital marketing and helping businesses?
1: Sure, great question. So, I think for me, um, actually, this is my uh, eighth company that I've launched. Um, And, you know, obviously, I've had a couple um, failures and learning from that, but also some pretty big successes. Um, but what I found consistently throughout all of them is, is understanding uh, my audience and how to properly market and sell my business is really what made my companies do well or not. Um, and so I just really quickly got passionate about um, how to really understand your audience, um, how to build a really smart strategy around how to grow your business, um, and really figure out you know, what people need. And so from that, I leveraged that through all my past companies and I found that I was really good at it and I really enjoyed it. And so I turned into me actually creating a business, doing that, that for other, other organizations. Um, and so I've been doing that now for over 20 years and I'm really you know, blessed that I found the job that I love doing.
0: That's awesome. And all of the businesses, I think, that you've kind of dived into and, and I've gotten to watch you, you know, change tactics along the way a couple of times. But the Shiny b- objects. Shiny objects. Jay is, yes, you're your constant Entrepreneurs. Guy, yes. He's the ADD, shiny object. Let's go look, look over here. But- All of them, though, have always been focused around digital marketing, whether it's been inbound marketing, whether it's been uh, content marketing, you know, what is your happy place? Where do you think the sweet spot for marketers are in general that they really need to, like, get a good understanding of to start when they are working on their business and saying, I need to do
1: digital marketing? Awesome question. I think so, not super sexy, but I think extremely valuable is strategy. Um, You know, I always use the analogy, which is kind of cliche, but would you build a house without having an architect in place. Um, And so what I find often is people that get into digital marketing or any kind of marketing, if they just kind of jump in and look at the shiny objects and just try various different things. They have no clue what they're doing or why they're doing it. Um, And then if it's working or not, they have no idea because they don't have any metrics to compare it against. Um, And so That's probably my advice to give everyone is strategy before tactics first. And actually, I built my entire company based around, you know, that philosophy.
0: And once you get the strategy down, because I mean, and and when I say once you get your strategy down, it's not like it's overnight and strategy.
1: Yes, never.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's constantly changing and evolving what is the next step that a business needs to start thinking about with digital marketing? Like, is it that they need to be like, okay, I have my strategy down now it's time to figure out websites and Google and Facebook advertising or inbound marketing, or like, where do you go from there?
1: Yeah. So I think, so what my advice would be is, um, you know, first and foremost, focus on yourself, kind of look in the mirror, Um, I think that so many companies, you know, use the silly phrase, everyone wants to buy from me or everyone should buy from me. And that's not really the case, no matter what kind of company you have. And so I think, you know, again, back to you when you teased me before about the focus is um, so many organizations just try to do too many things and often they fail because of that. And so my recommendation first and foremost would be is look in the mirror and decide like what makes you and or your company special. You know, how are you different? How can you be the best in the world at something, a product or a service offering? Um, and then really, once you have that understanding and you build the foundation of your company around that mission and vision and values, um, then it's really all about who wants to buy from you. Because um, again, not everyone should be your customer. There are actually people out there that should not buy from you that we call actually negative personas. Um, so I think really then diving in deep around creating a connection between your company and your audience I think that would really be probably the most important step from there.
0: And, you know, you are definitely walking in the steps of what you're preaching, because, you know, at one point you had a big focus, if I, and totally if I have this wrong, but you were focusing on um, companies who were very fitness and lifestyle, um, who were service industries catering to um, uh, um, families. Families. That was always families. And, and that's still in the long lines of what you're doing now with your products and services that are improving people's lives. What got you there? What got you to realize that instead of being the digital agency that would work with all businesses that are out there, what made you decide that this was your path?
1: Yeah. Wow. Powerful question, I guess, in that one too. Um, I guess so for me, um, you know, I've had a couple of personal things in my life where I just saw, you know, close friends and family, you know, pass away or go through, you know, serious life changes and, and divorces and whatnot. I just realized, my gosh, life is way too short. Um, And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, prior to my last company I had, you know, I was a typical entrepreneur where I just was like, The more I work, uh, you know, the harder I work, the more money I'm going to make, the more I can provide for my family. And I just worked myself, you know, to near death. I was, it was exhausting and I was miserable and I really didn't, wasn't happier the more money I made and the more people I hired and the more clients I sold. Um, And so I just started really figuring out that whole, you know, work-life balance, you know, silly phrase, obviously who wants to focus more on work than life. Um, but it became an important thing for me where I wanted to create balance and be presence in whatever I was doing. Um, and so I actually took a step back from my company um, and focused more on my family, which actually turned into my book, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, in a little bit. But I had such a, such a massive joy from focusing on how to really improve my own family life. Um, I'm like, why can't I have it all? Why can't I have a great family life and a personal life and also a great business. And so what it came down to is I started analyzing all of our clients and we had a lot of different clients and we were mostly focused around uh, businesses that were focused on improving lives um, and very kind of family oriented. Um, The, the challenge was we were really kind of spread way too thin um, and there were clients that we were working with that really weren't bringing us joy. Um, And so we started analyzing the kind of clients that we loved the most and they all fell more into like this wellness category and less about, you know, family going after families. Um, And so about three years ago, our team went all in around that where we put ourselves out there and say, look, you know, we specialize in the wellness industry um, and we love working with companies that really care about improving lives. So it wasn't a big departure from what we were doing before. We just got laser focused around that kind of idea. And then we honed in on exactly the kind of companies we love working with, um, what their offering is and what their personalities are. So our team can really connect and be an extension of their organization. And so I feel like the more I practice what I preach around you know being clear uh, and focused on who you are and what you wanna do, um, the better we are um, at our company Uh, the more profitable we are, the more efficient we are, the happier we are. Um, My team is just really enjoying um, our company and working with our clients. And so because of that, our end product that we deliver to our clients is better because of it. So um, I really, really believe in some of those kind of cliche uh, mindsets, but uh, it's working very well for me and my team.
0: And, And I would have to say, so Jay and I belong to a group called Agency Management Institute. It's Um, uh, you get together with other CEOs, founders of agencies, and you basically get naked in front of each other, figures, you share your book and your businesses, what's working with your company, where things are upside down, where you think you're failing, where your employees think you're failing, all of these different things. So I've been really enjoying watching Jay's, you know, he gets to watch mine too. steps at growing and changing and I think that this has been the most um, calm and settled and happy in the feedback that I've heard from him when he actually made this change of having this focus instead of being like we're all things inbound HubSpot now we're all things family focused now so it's great that you've actually found your core niche
1: yeah I mean again I just um it's it's scary um You know, I, at my core, I'm a typical entrepreneur. I'm very opportunistic and I love solving problems and love helping people. And so um, every once in a while, at least a few times a month, we get a call from somebody that I'm like, oh my gosh, we could help this person and this company so much. Um, Actually, last week we had three of those examples and all three of them we turned down, which is really hard to do. Um, And I just, you know, at first I want to throw up. Uh, when that happens, especially working with, um, Shayna who oversees our sales and marketing efforts and we have these conversations, but then when we make the decision to stay true to what we're trying to accomplish, and then we tell the person, um, we've actually gotten some pretty impressive feedback from them. Like, wow, like really impressed by you guys. I actually want to work with you even more now, <laughs> which, which is actually is a really tr- uh, problematic thing sometimes, but, um, I think I began, I think because we've been so good the last couple of years on making our company efficient and profitable and healthy, um, and then supporting our clients in the same kind of mindset, Um, we haven't had the need anymore to have to bring clients on. Um, Now it's more of a want. And it's just a really nice position to be in where I don't feel scared anymore and worrying about, oh my gosh, we have to close one or two new clients next month. Um, we're just doing a really good job in staying focused and people are just are finding us because we're putting the word out there, which is why I really wanted to do a podcast. Because I feel like we have a really compelling story to tell around our focus. Um, and it's obviously there's so much noise out there in the digital marketing space and um, we get lost. And so I'm, I'm excited about the idea of, you know, learning from you and and doing a podcast here in the near future about kind of just telling our story.
0: Well, what you've gotten to learn from me so far is just how to get onboarded. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's the hardest part, probably. It's like half the battle.
0: It is. But I I will say we have a really easy turnkey way of doing it that um, I I think works. And I actually went into great detail. And Jay, I will share this with you as well um, in in the future. But we have a podcast where um, I have a podcast that just talks about with another um, uh, uh, how to actually create a podcast, how to get people onboarded, what are the steps to do it, and it's just so easy if you automate as much as possible. So since Jay happens to be all digital marketing, he has to be, has to be a fan of mm. the um, So I'm going to say call schedulers are a key, email sequences um, are a key, and all of those things help so much and having uh, project management boards and things that your team can actually um, watch and click and continue on and, and move, we use Monday. It, it's it's a game changer. It changes absolutely everything and allows us to not have a business that is on a podcast, but instead to actually have a business and happen to have a podcast. Um, so it, it's really really helpful to have. That. I
1: appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And so, why I wanted to actually have you on, you are like this guru again. Besides of all the things you've done to evolve your own business and self, and bringing you into this fantastic role that you're at peace and happy with your clients and your teams delighted. What are some of the issues that you have seen along the way that your customers or potential customers have had when creating digital marketing strategies? Like, what is it where, that people do where things just go sideways, when they should be able to just keep on going straight? I know we talked about the most important thing being strategy is your base, but what else happens with people with digital marketing?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I have a, honestly a zillion stories. I've been doing this now again for 20 plus years and I've worked with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different co- companies of all different different types and sizes. So I have a lot of stories to share there, but I already mentioned I, I wanna, do want to mention it again just so we're all on the same page, but you know, first and foremost again, it's 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 your mission, vision and values. So I think there is being clear about, you know, what you want to do and how you're special and not just a bunch of words that you copied off somebody else's uh, you know, mission vision values board. Um, the second thing is on the customer side. So I can't tell you how many t- times I've been in front of a client and we talk about, you know, your ideal customer and the CEO or the CMO is like everyone, um, everyone's our customer. Um, and I'm like, really everyone, like a three-year-old is your customer. And then they obviously think I'm being super condescending, but I'm trying to po- make a point um, is the more you can focus on who would really benefit from your offering. Um, the easier it will be to tell them your story. Um, that's really there. And then from there, now to to answer your rest of your question, um, is the channels you alluded to that, you know, about 15 minutes ago is once you better understand your customer or your client, um, it's, you know, fish where the fish are at. Um, again, a lot of times companies come to us and, and they see the shiny objects, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, there's a new thing out there called TikTok or whatever that the newest, latest, greatest thing is. Like, we need a plan on how to, you know, leverage TikTok to get another million dollars in business next year. Um, and we're like, why? Like, you know, you're, you're a, a wealth management organization. Your ideal customer is 52 years old. Uh, they probably know what TikTok is. And they're like, well, everyone's on it. We need to be on it. Um, and so I, we try really hard to use data to help tell that story, to be like, look, we've interviewed your customer base. We've surveyed your current customers. We've done both primary and secondary extensive research. And here's what we found. Um, you know, their customer journey starts with X and then it goes to Y and then it goes to Z. And we tell that story and we help them understand these are the channels that you should invest your time in. Start with the things you know that are going to work and then build upon there from there. Because if you have a, a one or two or three marketing person team, you can't possibly be on 10 different social media channels and do blogging every single week. And run a website, and email, and Google Ads—all and all the other things that you think you should do. Um, and then I think from there, I think it's really about you know once you have the attraction side figured out as far as channels go, now it's about how are you going to convert them. Um, I love using the analogy that not everyone's ready to get you know married and jump into bed, you know, on that first date, um, except maybe some people. Some I know. people are
0: willing to jump in bed <laughs> and get
1: married on the first date. I think I'll keep I'll keep this one PG. <laughs> um, That's more than another conversation we could have and get weird. Um, but um, you know, I think people need to you know receive and get value before they want to give. You know, which give usually means uh, their contact, their phone, their phone or their email information, so you can re- reach out to them to become a mar- marketing qualified lead or a sales qualified lead. Um, and so I think there is is what are the pain points and motivations that your ideal customers have, and then how do you provide that information to them without them feeling like they have to, you know, go through, you know, a 15, you know, step process to get the data. Um, people are uncertain, especially nowadays, um, and they want information to make a decision on who are the companies that are on their short list. So from there, it's really thinking about the conversion mechanism of what is the asset you're driving them to and giving it a very consistent brand experience with things like your website and social media and whatnot. And then from there, it's it's nurturing. Um, so I'm just kind of going through down the, the funnel. There is once you get their information, is how are you nurturing them and thinking about that. Um, and then last but not least, I would say is then metrics. So, you know, again, we've seen so many companies out there that might spend hundred thousand dollars a year in marketing or multi million dollars a year in marketing, and then they're like, we're not happy. And it's like, well, what are your goals? I don't know what's not working. I don't know. I'm like, then what are you unhappy about? It just doesn't feel good. So is it the quality of leads, the quantity of leads? And I can't answer these basic questions. It's
0: and not it's enough. Because-
1: just not, Billions exactly. of dollars something. are
0: not pouring down. Yeah. Right. It's not working.
1: Exactly. That's not a key yeah. to the bank. Um, and so again, what we try to do hard is think through, okay, well, your business is here and you want to go to there, you know, mm-hmm. what is the gap that we have to kind of accomplish or address to get you to that point as fast as possible. Uh, in the most healthy and efficient way manner uh, possible. But if you don't have smart goals in place that are realistic, um, then I think you're just basically throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing, you know, hopefully what sticks. Um, and so we try to really be smart about that with our clients and say, look, you know, today you're getting, you know, 11 leads a week um, and you want to spend, you know, $10,000 a month in marketing for you to expect to in a week to go from 11 leads a week to a thousand leads a week to get your goals to happen is probably not very realistic with the budget um, and the brand you have in place. Um, And so we try really hard to use data to help tell that story so they don't feel overly frustrated. I think those are kind of the, the key piece that we try to work with our clients on. And it seems to work well as they understand the value of those various different steps versus launching a random Google ads campaign tomorrow and having no clue what keywords and reason why you're doing it.
0: Right, and I think that that shotgun approach is what most people enter into the market with unless they actually do that thing that you said at the very beginning, which is that, you know, S word of strategy.
1: Yeah, not very sexy again. Um, I think your point there though, it's like, I'm not saying it has to be like, aim, 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 then shoot. I mean, you could do like aim, aim, shoot, but, um, you know, there is that mechanism of like, you know, the silly analogy of like, changing your tire as you're driving. um, There is a little bit of value in some of that kind of testing mindset. But if it's treated like a test, you can try out other ideas. Um, But if you try too many things out, it's just you're going to spread yourself way too thin.
0: What is the most wacky, sideways, digital marketing idea that you've ever heard that you think has worked for someone, just anyone. I know, I totally just-
1: The wackiest you. idea?
0: Wackiest, like something that you're like, really? But it actually worked.
1: Actually, you know, I, I don't want to call this wacky, but it was a recent one that um, I thought it was super fun. So we have this amazing client who produces a very high-end um, cookie product for corporate gift giving called Noms. Um, and we were trying to think up some creative ways to tell their story. Um, and they have a, they're very comfortable and um, being human with their brand. The challenge you probably can imagine is everyone is trying to sell corporate gift giving right now. It's like, it's like the craziest time of year. Mm-hmm. And so our team spent a lot of time with them brainstorming um, different things that we could do. And so actually, to your point, we actually created a campaign of what is the wackiest and weirdest gift you've ever received from, from someone. And then basically created an email campaign sent it to their current and prospective customers, and create an engagement. Because again, as you know, most times newsletters are all about here's this promotion, click here and buy. Um, Very infrequently are they reply and tell us your thoughts. So we kind of wanted to find a creative way to do that. It worked a lot better than we expected, Mm -hmm. um, but was really super fun then is is their team was very comfortable and kind of sharing that story. So we did was we had this whole strategy for this. It wasn't like it wasn't just, we didn't randomly come up with this idea. So strategy one was build this campaign. Strategy two was hope that people respond. And luckily we got a lot of responses. Strategy number three then, or step number three was create a video for you actually to read all the things that you heard and turn it into a really silly video that you actually again can share to all of your customers to kind of close the loop. Um, And as you know, in the B2B space, um, sadly, your brand could be amazing and you could have the most thoughtful social media post and you put it out there with your 45,000 fans and you get nine likes and one comment. And it's just the most discouraging thing in the world if you're a brand where you spend so much time and money on building this idea that you're so proud of and no one seems to care. Obviously, as we know in digital marketing, it's less about the audience and more about the algorithm of Facebook or Google not showing them or whatever the platform might be, the ad or that content. But on that post they shared, they got even more engagement from people watching the video and then sharing the video because it was so much fun. Um, And then they responded to people and told them the story. And it just, it created this really interesting um, loop. And it actually drove some pretty healthy traffic to their website from people that are like, wow, these guys are super fun. As we know, people like buying from people. It's like the H to H, you know, human to human strategy versus B to B and B to C nonsense we all keep talking about. So, you know, again, that actually was last week. So you kind of almost stumped me there. I'm like, oh my God, I have nothing to say. (laughs) That Um, was a good one though. Yeah, it was. It was a very, your question was very timely. I'm not sure if you might have saw that video as why you asked that question. No, I didn't. Um, I I
0: actually, but it fits perfectly because my mother the other night was asking me if she should get a puzzle for her neighbors. I'm like, I'm not a puzzle person. So I'm like, can't you get them cookies? (laughs) <laughs> oh,
1: I, I can get you a coupon code for them because they're Perfect. awesome that's really funny but i think there again it's like i think your question is pretty smart it's um you know how you think through this can still be strategic even if it just it, even if it's super fun it doesn't have to be boring um but obviously it's all about understanding your audience because luckily we knew that their customer base is all about relationships and they love that kind of more edgy type of content. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if your brand is a lot more serious, it might be a little risque to do some of that.
0: You have to be able to be like the uh, poopery type of uh, embracing brand versus yep. who is going to be Clorox and tidy poopo man. Yes.
1: I'm curious, what was your wackiest story? Do you have one for digital marketing or just in general? Any, any marketing. I'm curious, any kind of wacky. Oh, gosh. Thing you see? I mean, I,
0: I think it's. Um, Hmm. Um I, I, I think it not really the wacky. I think I'm really just intrigued on digital and viral marketing right now. I am so still watching. Um, it's not wacky, but it turns wacky because brands are always like, How do I go viral? And there's no magic way to go sure. viral. I hate that go word viral, right? Go viral. But I think what happened just now with TikTok and Ocean Spray. Um, With their Crayon Raspberry, where there was a guy who drank the cran Raspberry while um, skateboarding because his truck broke down. He put it on TikTok. It got hundreds and thousands of followers. And then he was doing it to... why I'm going to blank on the name of this really, really popular 1970s band at this very moment. Um, So, but he was doing it to this song and that's perfectly for TikTok. And then the, um, one of the, Um, Band members actually replicated it. And then the CEO of Ocean Spray jumped on and he did it on his skateboard. And then TikTok, who was trying to battle the whole down with TikTok, um, that's been going on for the last couple of months. Took this moment of Americana and they put it on as a TV ad. And then they got uh, the other band member and she joined in on roller skates. And so that's a wacky brand campaign, but that hmm. thing just made Ocean Spray sell out of their Cran Raspberry across this country. So, wow. but that was not orchestrated by anyone. And the only orchestrated part was TikTok made a TV campaign out of it and appealed to Americana. And, and got more embraced as an American brand by doing so. So I think that mm. would be along the lines of um, something that I would say is a little wild, wacky, and very cool. And the fact that Ocean Spray stepped forward, they got the guy a pickup truck. Um, oh, my
1: and, God, so cool.
0: And they did a PR stint around it. And I, it's a really, really phenomenal case study of a brand recognizing that there was something viral and being able to capitalize on it. Um, so that would be it. Yeah, Hmm. but now you wrote a book, and I want to jump in and talk about that, and so that people can find out what is the book about, and where can they purchase this book so that they too, as entrepreneurs and business owners, could actually have a hope in hell of balancing their life a little bit better (laughs)
1: families. I'm I'm still working at it, so I have not fully solved this one, but I alluded to it before. I guess I'll be as as possible, but high-level Um, I think other entrepreneurs and business owners or business leaders could resonate with this where um, you put in really long hours um, and it's lonely on top sometimes and it's just hard and you get home and if you have a family, you know, husband, wife, whatever the situation might be, um, and kids, um, they get kind of leftovers. Um, And that really was my situation is, as you know, I, this company was growing a lot faster than I expected and the harder I worked, the more we grew. Um, and I just felt like that's what I should be doing. And so over the first, I don't know, five or six years of this company, I was just, I would, I love this job and I was so invested in it. And I would get home at crazy hours at night and my family was like, you aren't even here. Um, and I'd be home and I'd be checking my phone and email, just nonstop working. And then, you know, my wife, who I wanted to stay married to, um, on a, uh, dinner date, uh, basically said to me that I feel more like we're more like roommates um, than we are husband and wife, um, which is not, not something that I think anyone wants to hear um, from their spouse. And as I mentioned before, I, you know, I, I love her and I wanted to stay married and I really wanted to work at it. So um, as I always do, I love solving problems. And I'm like, okay, when it comes to my company, um, I'm really good at analyzing a problem and coming up with a process to fix it. So that's what I did. The next day I woke up and I analyzed the problem and I came back to her like the next day, I'm super excited with, this amazing plan to fix all of her concerns. Um, and it made things worse. And I was so discouraged because she's like, I'm not your employee. And I'm like, in this last weekend, you told me two big zingers and I just feel defeated. Um, and so I was, it was, it was hard um, for quite a while. Um, and for weeks, I was really struggling with this. And uh, I'm not a quitter, uh, obviously, as you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just, um, had a lot of solid, um, stuff there that I wanted to kind of rebuild back in our relationship. And so I kind of retooled all the ideas and said, okay, there is something there for my business learnings that I can leverage. I just need to find a way to make it a more family oriented, super fun. And it's an, a benefit to everyone in my family, not just to me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's not just about me solving my problems, it's, it's the whole family improving our relationship. And so my family is a fan of vacations, as probably most people are, and so I was very honest with my wife. I looked in the rearview mirror or the mirror myself. I noticed where I had to work on some stuff. I focused on that first, and then I focused on me and her and getting aligned. Um, and then our base, our family, went away, and uh, that year we did a four-day family vacation where I kind of facilitated uh, this really fun experience to get us aligned about you know our challenges and our family mission and what we want to accomplish the next year. And I did this really fun vision board with everyone. It just was a really fun experience. And so um, I reported about that to my entrepreneurial friends and they were like, what is this? And they got all excited about it. And I mentored about 20 or 30 of my friends with my process. And then every year I kind of fine tuned it. And the next thing you know, I had a friend of mine that was actually going to possibly get divorced. um, That went to this program, uh, my process, and actually did not. And, um, it really helped them, and it just was—it was really a proud moment of my life. Um, and he's like, "Jay, more people need this," and I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "You should write a book," and I'm like, uh, "In what time?" I just spent years on trying to do more with my family. I don't have time. Um, and he's like, "This is too important. You have to make it work." So I try with my wife, and we agreed that I'll just get up a couple hours early um, each morning and I'll write a book. And I know a lot of. Book writers will say it takes two months to write a book. It took me, unfortunately, ten months, um, mainly because I didn't have the time available. Um, but I did it, and I put it out there, and um, it's done really well. Um, I, I never intended to be a book writer, um, but it's really, really, you know, a proud moment for me that I have this out there, where you know, husband wives they're buying this and they're trying out that with their families, or if they don't have kids, they're doing it alone. And they're just talking through the hard stuff, which is all about communication and relationships. Um, and I guess back to your kind of closing the loop back to one of your first questions to me, what got super exciting to me is how well this connects into my business um, because it's all about working with, you know, business owners and marketing leaders on, you know, bringing improvement to their lives. And that's what the book is all about. Um, it just happens to be about family, but, the essence of the book ties in all of our clients. And I literally follow the exact same format in the book that we do with our clients, obviously in a more professional way. Um, And so that's really what the the Family 2.0 book is all about.
0: And where can people get this book?
1: Um, It's on Amazon. Perfect, everything's on Amazon. Yeah, of course. Uh, You can search for my name or the book or um, you actually can go to my personal website, which is um, jfeitlinger.com. it's F-E-I-T-L-I-N-G-E-R.com. And, on and it'll air, be in I... the show
0: notes too. So oh, that'll...
1: thank you. Appreciate that. It's yes. so on there. I do a uh, blog, you know, once, or twice a month from my my personal site, also for my business site, um, which is stringcaninteractive.com. But on my personal site, I have a link to the blog. I'm sorry, the, to the book. Um, or you can just go to Amazon and type in Family 2.0 or J Feitlinger and it's available there on Kindle and Soft and Cover and whatnot.
0: Awesome. And then where can people find String Can? How can they find you besides the book uh, and besides your personal Yeah.
1: Book, how can they find so, String Can? So I, mean, I just, you know, Google String Can Interactive. Um, you could find our websites. Uh, we are uh, located uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, we do have clients actually around the world. Actually one of ours is in Romania of all places. Um, and really if, if a company out there is a, kind of wellness type of organization, everything from um, fitness to food and everything kind of in between, Um, you know, we're available uh, to provide, you know, strategy and digital marketing lead generation services.
0: Well, Jay, I really enjoyed having you on today. It was fantastic to catch up. We have to actually catch up ourselves a little bit more too. So thank you for so much for coming on the show.
1: It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed today. Thank you so much
0: you are welcome and then for everyone who was wondering what the heck i was talking about in regards to ocean spray I'm talking about fleetwood mac it just the name went away <laughs> right but it's fleetwood mac and it's this song actually became number one on the billboard charts because of this so ocean spray one the guy won he got a free truck he's actually made a ton of money he's moved into a house instead of from the rv he was living in and fleetwood mac started making money again because their song came back on the charts so you Viral marketing is very cool. You just can't make it happen. You can just kind of jump on it and, and try to catch the tail of it. Um, I love that. Again, thank you so much. And to all you. of our listeners, you are welcome. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today to marketing mistakes and how to avoid them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week.